managing security challenges in 2022 and beyond. The attacks are getting more and more sophisticated and more and more evasive. The attackers are using the tools that we in development are using as well. They're using the power of AI and machine learning. That's Anand Oswal from Palo Alto Networks. Can you give us an, an overview or a sense of the security landscape, the kind of threat landscape that we're facing today? I think there are three big trends that we are seeing as it comes to network security. The first one, no surprise, hybrid is here to stay, right? We were in the pandemic, all working from home. We're starting to come back to the offices, but not five days a week, right? And with this comes different implications on security. The second big trend that we are seeing is um, applications moving to the cloud. This has always something that was a trend that's happening. The pandemic had, has made every company actually the digital transformation. And we are seeing that continue to happen. And that's a trend to stay. And third and the most important one is that the attacks are getting more and more sophisticated and more and more evasive. The attackers are using the tools that we in, uh, in development are using as well. They're using red team tools. They're using the power of AI and machine learning. And so these attacks are getting more sophisticated and more evasive. So these three trends are having a massive implication on how security is done. The threat landscape is increasing. We're having users everywhere. So the bad guys are getting more sophisticated, more intelligent, and therefore the attacks are becoming more challenging to stop. As applications move to the cloud, many enterprises recreated a software security stack as, as we access applications in the public cloud. And with the remote workforce in the pandemic, IT scrambled, as you know, to make sure that their workforce is productive. And in many cases, they recreated a SASE stack for remote workforce accessing cloud applications. But if you think about it now, as we are now going back to the office and IT has a chance to look at all the infrastructure they have, in many cases, they have inconsistencies. They have these three disparate stacks. They're managed differently. They give different security outcomes. They have different policies. So now they're looking at how do I ensure that I have consistent security? When me, the user, is at home, when I'm, on, uh, when I'm in the office, how do I have the, the equal and best security experience? How do I have the optimal user experience? And also, how does IT have the singular admin experience? Anand, you work for Palo Alto Networks, and so you have lots of customers. What are the kinds of challenges that you see or the patterns that you observe among your customers as they're trying to deal with this, this complicated security situation? Most of the customers I talk to have multiple security vendors from a network uh, perspective that they've been using. And as they're looking at their infrastructure, they're looking to do a couple of things. First, how do you automate what you do on a day-to-day -day basis? How do you automate your policies that you're applying as you're adding new and new SaaS applications, as you're adding new and new users? How do you ensure that you have all the capabilities that are supported in a platform are used in the most optimal manner? AKA, do you have the right security posture for your infrastructure? And third, how do you ensure that you have a zero trust implementation across the entire enterprise from users, from applications, and from your device on, on the network? Since the platform concept is so important, can you explain what do you actually mean by a platform in this case when it comes to security? So what I mean by a platform in this case, if I break it down into, into more details, think of it like you have a physical hardware firewall, you have a software firewall that can be in a virtual machine or a containerized firewall, or you have cloud-delivered 
security, like, like we have in SASE. All the security constructs that you have, the advanced malware prevention, the prevention against command control, antivirus, exploits, DNS, you want all those security services consistently applied for web applications, for non-web applications, the users in the office, if users at home, if users on the go, if the users accessing an application that sits in the public cloud or in the private cloud, it doesn't matter. So all the pieces are designed and working together as we could say one broader unit, so to speak. You have now a consistent security policy. So when, when NetSec admin defines policies for users, you define one policy and you, it, it's basically instantiated on different form factors of network security. Hardware form factor, software form factor, or a cloud delivered form factor, depending on what you're using in which scenario. Because every customer is, is in this transition phase or is hybrid, it's not just one. I had as a guest on CXO Talk, the head of CERT at Carnegie Mellon University Software Engineering Institute. And he explicitly brought up the general concept of zero trust as something that they believe is very important. Absolutely. Look, I mean, you've seen this from, from the government as well. They're asking us to implement a zero trust infrastructure, but in many cases, there's a lot of confusion on what it means, how do you navigate that journey? And we talked in the past around, how do you ensure that you have a zero trust across the entire enterprise? Users, applications, infrastructure. And from four key pillars around authenticating the user, on ensuring that the device that the user accesses has the right integrity, protecting the access to the applications or data the user has, and ensuring that what transaction you do is secure, and do that on a continuous basis. The principle being no notion of implied trust. You want zero trust with zero exceptions. In general, and among your customers, to what extent do security professionals need to adopt a new kind of mindset, that zero trust mindset? How important is that? I think it's very important because as they're living in this new world where users are everywhere, where the applications are everywhere, they really want to ensure that they have consistent security. If, just because I'm in the office today, I, I badged in and I have certain security experience. When I go home in the evening, if I log in at the night, I want to have the same security experience as I access the applications and data. And of course, this approach is very different from the way we manage security in the past. Yes, it's very different. And also the security landscape itself is changing. Uh, like this is the only industry, Michael, that has an active adversary. So it's, it's a little bit like a Tom and Jerry game. You've got to keep up with the, with the industry. Think about malware. 95% of malware that we are seeing is morph malware, which means it's, it's variations of existing malware. So I don't need to go and process everything back in the cloud, come back, give a verdict, sometimes update my signature. I'm able to do that now with the power of machine learning in line, in real time, on, my, on, on the platform itself. So now I can protect 95% of the, of the traffic with just analysis done through static analysis. And for, the, for a small part, that's this dynamic analysis that I need to have more, that's completely new malware, I can use a cloud assist function, but still do it in a single pass architecture in real time. The two key principles to note here is that we need to do things real time and we need to do things in line. Because there's no uh, letting the first person get attacked, hacked, that is what the industry calls patient zero. We want to prevent never been seen attacks as well. We want to prevent the first person to get infected from all sorts of things, from phishing, from malware, from a command and control, antivirus, and so on and so forth.
And all of this is arising from the increasing sophistication, as you were describing earlier, of the bad guys who now have this expertise in AI and machine learning and, and similar kinds of techniques. Yes. And up to a while ago, almost 45% of all phishing attacks were getting undetected. So you got, to, you got to update new mechanisms to do, and we've pioneered that way at Palo Alto Networks. When we announced advanced URL filtering, when we announced advanced threat prevention, to ensure that we're preventing and protecting our customers from never-been-seen attacks before, in line, in real time, across the entire platform. We have many, many more endpoints with people working both in the office and from home. So all of this begs the question of what should we do? You need a platform approach. You need best of breed individual products, but you also want them fully integrated so they can have shared threat intelligence of data. And let me explain a little bit more. What I mean is that you have, you're in the office, you're at home. You have a, you have a, you have a firewall in the office, a physical hardware firewall. You're accessing some applications in the cloud and you have a software firewall as a front end. You're, you're, you're at home, you're accessing your public cloud applications through your SASE infrastructure or your applications in the private cloud. Now, all the notions of security, whether you are threat prevention, your sandboxing for files, your URL filtering, your protections against DNS attacks, your data and SaaS security, you want a consistent security experience, no matter where you are. And lastly, we also want to have that singular and consistent experience for the NetSec admin. So you want a platform approach that can basically give you a consistent security experience, no matter where you are, no matter what you're accessing and where that application or data reside. And you want the best user experience and a consistent admin experience. How do users know the right strategy to take in order to ensure that they're fully protected? That leads to all the power of AI and machine learning. And what I mean is that this is AI operations for network security. Uh, you cannot keep updating your policies manually. As you know, the, there's an explosion of SaaS applications, the explosion of users, and you are not able to do this manually. This is the power of AI and ML, and, and what we can do is automate policy creation. In some cases, we automate the policy creation, and the NetSec admin can review it and apply it. Once they get comfortable over time, maybe you automatically apply it without having uh, an approval process. But it's very important that you don't rely on manual operations. The second thing is that you also want to ensure that you have the best practices assessment done continuously. These are checks that we can do based on best practices that we would recommend that you apply. And in, in our case, in Palo Alto, we have 280 best practice checks, say, if you apply to an exigent firewall. And the last thing that you want to do is also have what-if scenarios. And what I mean by that is that help uh, our customers understand what happens if they enable certain new security functions. What happens if they enable decryption? What happens if they enable malware? Because many a times, features or functionality not enabled because uh, the admins are not sure what will happen if they do it. You made an interesting point. You said you, you don't want users making manual changes, manual setup. Why is that? There's a lot of data on this one, but over 90% of the errors that you see in configurations in policy that leads to some sort of a break in security happens because of manual configurations. It's not intentional, but it happens. And what do you say to old-time security folks who come back and they say, I've been doing this manually since the beginning of time. 
I don't make mistakes, and I don't trust the machines. It worked in the past to some extent, right? It's because the number of uh, policies that you had to enforce, the number of applications that you had to enforce were minimal. Users were in the office, applications were in the data center, then you had some applications maybe in the cloud over the years, but now we're living in a different world. The threat landscape is, is, is more and more wide. Users are everywhere, your applications are multiple clouds, in the private cloud. You're not only having IT issue devices, you have bring your own devices. You're accessing these applications from anywhere. So that requires us, a, it's, very, it's a very complicated uh, situation and also you have new and new applications rising every single day, right? So you want to automate the policies, reduce the errors, and then have the security architects focus on other high-value things that they want to drive from a design and architecture perspective. So the platform based on the machine learning and the auto automation, then the, the goal here is to reduce configuration errors and at the same time, make things much, much faster to deploy. Yes, absolutely. And also be able to predict things. So for example, even things which are not related to security, say how much bandwidth is used on a certain firewall, right? I'm able to predict what will happen to the firewall in six months, nine months, based on usage pattern that I'm seeing in the enterprise. So instead of, instead of somebody manually looking at the, the memory available every day, I'm able to automate and say, hey, you're reaching a threshold of 80% or 90% or multiple thresholds so that they can plan better. And I suppose the platform approach means that because the pieces are are tightly integrated, tightly coupled, you're 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 getting a seamless view across that landscape across the entire enterprise. Uh, because, like you said, uh, applications are in the cloud and the data center. It's hybrid use, uh, workforce. You want to have that visibility across the entire enterprise. What are you seeing regarding the nature of security threats and where? that's headed. Look, the security teams are using more and more of, like I said, the power of AI and ML. You've seen uh, tools like, like Cobalt Strike being used by hackers. You've seen what, is, what has happened when attackers are moving laterally, and you've seen that with the Colonial Pipeline. You've seen the, the things happen with Log4j, where you know, certain vulnerabilities have, have spread laterally. So I think we, we no longer can assume that the attacker is always from the outside. It's from the outside, but there's a lot of lateral movement of threats as well. So you want to build your, 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 your platform, your infrastructure to ensure that you're able to continuously verify these activities and, and really ensure that you're secure from all aspects of it. We need to talk about what organizations should be doing. Let's start with security professionals. What advice do you have for security professionals? For security professionals, I think there are a couple of things that are very important. First is that, are you thinking of your infrastructure from a zero trust perspective? Are you having um, a single unified policy infrastructure that you can apply for users and devices and your workloads no matter where they reside, right? How are you ensuring that you are you're keeping up with the newer threats that you're seeing in the industry? Are you ensuring that you're able to have the advanced protection for malware, the advanced protection for phishing, command and control connections? Is your, is, is your infrastructure having too many fragmented vendors? Are you having not only integrated approach, but are you having a best-in-class approach? Are you sharing threat intelligence with the different point products you have? Those are important things that security professionals need to think about as they decide how to design and architect their security infrastructure. 
Let's shift gear slightly. What advice do you have for business leaders and for boards of directors in terms of what they should be asking and expecting of their security teams? I think the most important thing I would say for them is would be to, to review the roadmap of the security vendors they have. Are they having the most highly innovative roadmap to prevent them of attacks from the future? How integrated are the individual components that you are having in your infrastructure? Are you sharing threat intelligence across that? Are you building a more secure uh, offering for your enterprise? Having a lot of fragmentation of security vendors actually leads to a poor security outcome than a better security outcome. How do you ensure that you are using best in class uh, of the individual components, but in an integrated fashion, so that you are able to get the sharing of threat intelligence and that consistent security across the enterprise. And all in all, also helping them reduce their operating costs, their, their, their cost to configure, their cost to manage the infrastructure. So simplicity of the environment actually is really important here. Simplicity is very important. The integrated nature is very important. And then easier to manage, reduce the operational complexity and the operational cost. I think for many business people, the nightmare is they think their security posture is strong, tight, and in place. And then there is an attack, a data breach, it's out in the newspapers, and they discover after the fact that things weren't quite as good as they were led to believe. And, and how can business leaders just make sure that never happens? There are two things that I think are important for you to understand here. One is that most of the uh, enterprises that get attacked uh, usually have all the security capability in the product, but haven't enabled and consumed those services appropriately. So the most important thing is to ensure that it's not just that you purchased it, that you activated it, that even you consumed it, but have you consumed it in the appropriate fashion? Are you, are you still having policies with, say, any, any, as an example? So the platform is looking over the environment to help ensure that nothing is missed, essentially. The platform will ensure that it will tell you what services you have enabled, what services you have not enabled. For the services that you have enabled, have you activated and consumed them and, and, and consumed them appropriately, which means they're using it to the fully extent with all the power of what you can use. And if you haven't, it'll tell you a step-by-step -step way of how you can get there. Anand, any final thoughts as we finish up? The threat landscape is increasing with users and applications and data just everywhere. You want to have that consistent security across the entire enterprise. You want to have best-in-class point products, but also fully integrated into the platform to ensure that any user accessing any application, any data is consistently secure. You also want to ensure that they have the best user experience and IT or NetSec has the best admin experience. Okay, very informative discussion. Anand Oswal, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. Have a good day.